Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Earlier today, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris gave remarks on the 10th anniversary of the Martin Luther King Jr. Monument in Washington, D.C. And it's an interesting thing, uh, that monument, if you've ever been there, uh, you know that it uh, faces toward the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. And I've always found that significant and important. Obviously, there are things in this country that we have not lived up to the ideals we professed, but interesting that uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. monument, that big stone uh, with him coming out of that, uh, looking across at the man who penned who penned the lines in the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal, that really put us on this path of can we live up to the principles we profess to believe? And clearly we have not been perfect of that in our country. And we have a long way to go on a host of different issues. And that's always the test. That's the test for all of us, by the way. The real test of character is are we in alignment? Are we congruent uh, with the things that we profess to believe? That's an everyday challenge. But the thing we have to be careful of is is poking holes in the past is is easy. We noted yesterday that a statue of Thomas Jefferson was recently removed uh, from uh, a, a public building in New York, moved to another place. And it, it's easy. Uh, it's, it's become an obsession for some and casual sport for others to look back at history and reframe or recast or reimagine what happened and why. And with some pretty amazing audacity and certainty, there are some experts who declare that they understand and know the motives, the character of very complex individuals who lived in less advanced societies. And some, of course, are even confronting the, the whole of our history, uh, warts and all. And, and I'm one of those that, needs that believes we need to look at it all, warts and all. That's part of the deal. Uh, but we have to be very honest that, that poking holes in heroes from the past or picking on heroines of bygone eras is is pretty easy. It uh, doesn't require a whole lot of moral fiber or rigorous research or even open-mindedness for that matter. And there are some uh, in the media, some academic elites who have begun to kind of wear this bullying of historic figures as a badge of honor. And we have to be careful because that kind of revisionism and self-righteous wokeness judgment are, are just bad form and are often centered in a, a form of agenda-driven arrogance. And so it is difficult. It is challenging. Cancel culture is alive and well. But again, the real courage is is not to look back and poke holes in the past. The real challenge is to live in today and write the future for tomorrow. Uh, I've shared in the past uh, some interesting things. Uh, interesting that uh, President Ronald Reagan, uh, who between 1975 and 79, he recorded over a thousand daily radio broadcasts, uh, 
pretty interesting. He had just finished serving as California governor, didn't have a staff, uh, and did that every day. It was about four, a four-minute uh, radio thing. Uh, again, on your own, a thousand of those is no small task. Uh, some of the media do that every single day. But it was really interesting um, as you look at some of those messages that if you look back at the past and if you look forward to the future, the harder thing is to write the future. So there was uh, one particular message that uh, Reagan talked about that uh, when he was still governor of California, he was given the challenge. This was back in 1976. He was given a challenge uh, to write the future. In other words, he was to write a letter for a time capsule that was going to be opened 100 years later in 2076. Still not that far off. So the occasion of 2076 would include the city of Los Angeles's uh, bicentennial and America's tricentennial celebration. And so as they asked uh, the former governor then, Reagan, to write for this time capsule, they wanted him to write a letter on some of the big issues facing the nation. And at first, Reagan figured, oh, this is this is easy peasy. Uh, I can write this uh, in my sleep. I've been talking about these important issues Uh, for years now. And he started to write this letter for this time capsule. And he said uh, it didn't take him long to figure out that this was going to be really difficult. Uh, He asked, you know, what do you put in a letter that's going to be read 100 years from now? He says, what do you say about the problems of today, knowing that those who will be alive to read that letter out of that time capsule 100 years later will know how you did? what you did or didn't do. Uh, Reagan went on to say that it it became a very humbling task. He says, will they read the letter with gratitude or will they be bitter because of what we left them? Uh, Reagan wrote of, of all the problems facing America in 1976, including big government, excessive spending, loss of individual liberty, undermining of the inspired course set by the founders, Uh, He also talked about two great superpowers, America and the then Soviet Union, were pointing nuclear weapons at each other. And so I love that, that Reagan said this. He said, those who read my letter will know whether those missiles were fired or not. And those who read that letter are either going to be surrounded by the same beauty that we now know in America, or they will wonder sadly what it was like when the world was still beautiful and free. And so there's a test for you. You want to you want a test today? Write the future. Write about the issues of the today, knowing that someone's going to read it a hundred years later, and they're going to know how we did. They're going to know if we got it right or if we got it absolutely wrong. Uh, Reagan, of course, was uh, always the the optimist, and. He said, if we here today meet the challenges confronting us, those who open the time capsule will know that the beauty, beauty, peace, prosperity, and personal freedom remains. And then he cautioned, he said, if we don't keep our rendezvous with destiny, the letter will probably never be read because they will live in the world we left them, a world in which no one is allowed to read to have individual liberty or freedom of choice. Uh, That's a pretty sobering thought, uh, that if we don't meet the challenges of our day, if we don't step up 
to the issues that confront us. Uh, the time capsule will probably never be opened because those ideas will be banished. So, again, it doesn't take a whole lot of courage to cast aspersions and pass judgment on those who aren't around to defend themselves. I would challenge all of us not to rewrite history. Instead, write the future. Write, it, write the future. Write something 100 years out. Just see how easy that is for you. What really matters? What should we be focused on? What should we be doing differently? So write your letter, print it, post it, etch it in stone. (laughs) See how confident you are in how you think we're doing today and how that might stand up a hundred years from now. It would be a good year. 2121 would be a nice year uh, to open that letter up, send it to your descendants, your great-great-grandchildren, and let them see how you did. And then we should remember how we feel in trying to live up to the principles that the founders of America put on parchment back in 1776 and 1787. Will those principles still be standing as a beacon of hope to the world in 2121? So again, we all could spend a little less time uh, attacking. We could spend a heck of a lot less time in cancel culture. And we should focus on some principles, some principles of the past, giving a little more effort, determining our own individual and collective roles in writing the future. And it starts with that trust. The future belongs to the brave. If we wish to write the future of tomorrow, we must do so by living with excellence and compassion today. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio today. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.